Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 153. As the weeks go on, we're going to keep bringing it to you. We got another one out of Argentina. But before we get to all of those fights, how have you been since we last met? What's up, Lee? I'm high on life. I'm high on life. Is that it, huh? High on love. High on... You know what I'm not high on? I Am I the only person that thinks Cowboy versus Connor is a horrible fight? I would agree with that. And I would even say that Cowboy, I think, has more advantages there. And people have been getting ripped apart for saying that as well. And I'm on that bandwagon. But there's so many better fights. Why? Why even put that one together? Doesn't even make sense. Everyone that was... That's what I automatically assumed it was going to be. As Nate Cerrone. I didn't think that at all. I thought like Nate Cerrone. I like Poirier Cerrone. Yep. I like um, Gaethje Cerrone. 100%. That's the one I really want to get really, down with. I agree with that right there. I think out of all of them. I like Kevin Lee Cerrone. Like, there is so many fights. Like, you know what? Oh. Honestly, I don't give a fuck if Connor doesn't fight in the 155. I don't care if he just plays with GSP and they or Floyd or whatever. I really don't care. The 155 is thick enough to me that it doesn't need Connor to shine. And Cowboy, I, for Cowboy, he's been fighting long enough to get that fight. I think Connor would like that fight. I think that's so horrible. I agree with you. Where does Connor win that fight? People say striking, but I don't agree with that. I think um, Cowboy has better legs than Connor has hands. I would agree with that. It's a different type of striker, and on the ground, we know for sure Donald Cerrone eats Connor alive. So that's where I think stylistically it's a really disadvantageous. I love the conspiracy going around that they open the 165 division. If you know anything about the proper one, he tends to get shit done around there. Hmm. I really like that. And I was like, I don't like that they're doing it with them. But if you give me a 165 division, okay. Okay. I think Nate should get the first 165. And I think Nate and Connor, three, should be the first fight at 165. I don't agree with Nate being in that discussion. I Why not? He's the he one who brought it up. Enough. He's the one who put the most yeah, amount of Poirier. steam on it. Not even Poirier. He said it yeah. and Poirier just jumped on his True. coattails. True. I think he said it. Connors, if if you want the money fight, let them open it just for legacy of them being the first fight ever at 165 was Nate Connor 3. Put a fucking pin in that. Cap that off. And then I think we can make a whole fight card of 165 that night. And then you do Gaethje Cowboy as the co. I think we could line it up. We could easily line it up. There's so many good fights on the way. There's been a couple other ones that I can't think off the Set top of my head. Set up a 165 head. tournament right off the bat and the winner gets the belt? I even love that more. All those divisions are so stacked with fighters that there's a ton of fun matchups. You, you, you could go crazy. We could go for days there, but we don't have days to get there. And we'll talk about it, obviously, the end of the year is coming. And so we're going to have a best of and we're going to talk about what we want out of 2019. The what are they again? Um, the Latbees, the Latbees, the Latbees, the Leslies. Oh, Latbees. I think we the Latbees. The yeah. Latbees. Yeah, 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 you're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the Latbees. Yeah, we're gonna have those come out and stuff. So we'll go through that. But 
because of the Connor Floyd fight, one thing you have to say, 2019, year to dream. Anything you want. If you're like, I want CM Punk, Logan Paul, we might see it. I asked somebody, do you think that we could see, uh, you know, we'll see CM Punk fight again. We might see DC and WWE. We might see, we're going to see John Jones back. We're I agree see, with all that. Crazy. I love it all. 2019 might be the best year of UFC or MMA ever. Who else was talking about WWE ties? PVZ, I think, is talking about some sort of contract also coming about. Which we talked about. A... I'm not a hater of PVZ. I just feel like if it's just about looks, PVZ ain't my type. And if it's just about fighting, PVZ ain't my type. So when you mix them together, I'm shrug on it. That is how I feel. Like, I could see that. I would be more inclined to date a woman like Joanna just because I would like somebody who's amazing, like amazing at something. That is attractive to me. I would agree with that. Um, the more the merrier, I always say. So. <laughs> all right, all right. We are. There's tons of more news. Again, I can't. It, How it are you doing? Me. I've been good. I've been cashing <laughs> chicks. I've been playing spots every single weekend, having lineups ready to go. I, unfortunately, have been uh, educating myself externally outside of MMA, so... It's been a little... I've been feeling these last three weeks on top of my scholastic activities I've been doing. It's really... And work. So, it's a three-time job. I, I'm working three jobs, essentially, over here, breaking down fights on a weekly basis. So, make sure you're liking and subscribing. Show the beans some love. He's working hard <laughs> We have a 12-card bout, though, out of You know Argentina. that Kermit the Frog on the typewriter? <laughs> yep. With the, yes, yeah. that's me. I feel like that sometimes, that. definitely. <laughs> Ting! Old typewriters. <laughs> so, have we been in Argentina before? Argentina? I feel like we were there like a year ago, maybe a little longer. I could Am be I wrong. Am I wrong, or was it the Usman Ponzinibbio fight that was supposed to have? Or That's what I was thinking. Something was, fell out there. I thought Ponzinibbio even helped, help, help, headlined it, but people keep saying this is the first time ever. It might be the first time in this arena, but... I just heard that going around, and I'm like, oh, I swear we were there, even if we weren't. The art Latin America is definitely getting a push for some fun cards. And uh, this one is not going to be as stacked as we usually had. There's going to be some debuts in there, but we got some fun ones. There's money to be made. Got some standouts in here that uh, in a few years, we're going to be saying the same things we were saying about Cerrone and all the other guys. So if you got nothing else, I'm ready to get into this breakdown. Let's break it down. UFC what? Oh, you caught me off guard. You, UFC Fight Night 140, Magni versus Ponzinibbio, headlining it. But you know how we like to do. We start from the bottom to the top. And it's going to start at 145 pounds. The featherweights with Nad Nidamari versus debuting Ander Dos Santos. These Dos Santos guys, is Dos Santos the same as Silva in the last names? Category. Oh, yeah. Like, oh gosh. yeah. So this debuting guy is coming with a 20 and 6 record. There's he... only like four last names in Brazil. Three <laughs> if you um, make Noon uh, have a Z and an S and just make it the same. Like you only count it once, then there's right. only three. Like last they misspelled names. the UFC, misspelled <laughs> yeah. it by accident. Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. Um, but with this debut fighter, he's 20 and 6 coming out of Brazil. The 33 year old has. Fought 17 and 4 record fighters. 
They're out of the Thunder Divisions. I think he has one jungle fight prior on in his career, but he's had a few losses, TKO punches, a couple submissions in there as well. On the regional scene, just coming out of Brazil at 33, I think that there's other spots for more talent. He, to me, just seems like uh, this filler spot. Nidamari has had a few fights now in the UFC coming out of England. He has a Cage Warrior, Warriors belt beating Pimlet, but then debuted beating Kahal Taha in a decision three months ago. What we really saw in Nidamari in that fight, the 31-year-old likes to use his takedowns, use that European wrestling. I didn't ever think I would say that, but uh, he really does like to use the takedowns, sets his punches up well into the takedown. He'll throw that overhand right right into a double leg or change levels in elevation. I really am impressed by Ninamari's wrestling and ground control. Striking-wise, serviceable, not going to blow you out of the water, but his game plan doesn't even really fall around there against Pimblet and most of his other competitors. Um, Nidamari is a ground-based fighter. He tries to get it there. The Brazilian fighter always has jiu-jitsu in his back pocket, uh, but I think that we've seen it more and more again where Brazilian jiu-jitsu, some of these guys are a lot better on top position instead of off their backs or even on their backs once you defeat their first round of moves. They don't have more. And I feel like that's kind of where Dos Santos lives. I'm going to go with Nidamari decision but you know how we like to do here at Labby. i'm gonna stay far away from this one i am gonna go nidamari i think it's a decided decision he's just seen a little higher competition all the way around who do you have in this bout so before we uh got all the way into it i thought it was important that you know how we like to do the elevation Good if call. we think the judges are gonna be dirty if we think there might be juiced up so we don't know too much about that. This is the first time we've been in Argentina. Argentina. So uh, Buenos Aires uh, is the capital and largest city of Argentina. The city is located on the western shore of the estuary of the Rio de la Plata on the South American continent's southeastern coast. So Buenos Aires can be translated as fair winds or good airs. Anyways, I since it's on the coast, I imagine that it's not super... So we shouldn't have to worry about that too much. And um, I, too, that was just a little thing. I wanted to look up everything about it. That that helps. And um, I am going to stay far, far away from this fight. And I'm going to guess you're going to go with, I'm sorry, you said Nidamari. Yeah, he's so heavy favorited. I'm going to stay away from this fight. But I'm also going to pick Nidamari. Naramani, 9,100 on DraftKings against 7,100 for the debuting Dos Santos. I think a lot of people see the better all-around fighter in general is Nindamari or Nindamari. Um, but we don't, need to stick on, we don't need to stick on that it's one too, too much. It does no. not roll off the tongue well there. At minus 275 favorite, a lot of people see the 9,100 on DraftKings. This fighter has had one fight in the UFC, but he did average with all those takedowns in that dominant position. Over 100 points. Hmm. DraftKings-wise, not over 9,000. He has I the think potential. that is the one that could uh, bite you in the boot because we don't know. They could be Juiced AF coming into here. Brazilian guy. It's a good point. It's a good point. And the local guys, even though um, so much closer the Brazilian isn't argentinian necessarily but he's not european in europe i would think they would have much more of a prejudice against locally but 
Who, what, I, what am I talking about? I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. What's amazing? <laughs> Getting back to the fights at 155 pounds, we have Devin Powell versus debuting Jesus Pedio. Pedio? How would you pronounce that? Pedio? Uh, Devin Powell versus Jesus Pando. Pandio. Panado. The, I don't know. Where is he from? Peru? He is a Peruvian fighter, 22 years old. He has 15 fights under, or over 20 fights under El his belt. Mudo? He is 15 and 4. As few losses he's had were earlier on in his career. At 22 years old, early in his career means that he was like freaking 18, 19 years old when those losses came about. And it was usually versus TKO. Devin Powell. Is nine and three in the UFC. He's definitely had a hard run at things, losing his first two fights in the UFC to Dakar close in a decision, then losing to Darren Horcher in a split decision, finally getting his first win against Alvaro Herrera, a TKO body kicks three months ago. Herrera, to me, isn't necessarily UFC caliber, and Powell, for me, is teetering on that UFC caliber position. Um... Pedino, what's his nickname again? El Mudo? El Mundo? Mudo? El Mudo. The Mood. Um, Jesus. Striking-wise, Powell comes in with also a Canadian champion, I believe, kickboxing background. But he tends to get hit a little more than I like in there. Doesn't wear a punch well. And his output isn't the highest at 155, but it doesn't really stick out. Against... The striker that is the slight favorite debuting 22-year-old, he does have better striking credentials, hits with a bit more power. On the ground, we haven't seen much from him, but neither have we with Powell. Powell has okay takedown defense, but Dracar Close, who's going to be a way better fighter than Mudo, um, I don't think that that's going to go there. I see this being a striking bout. I think that the bright lights affect Jesus a little bit more here being young. I see him being a heavy, heavy favorite, but... Powell is a gritty fighter and has already had three round decisions against much higher competition. I got Powell in a decisive split decision. Could see myself switching over later on in the week, but uh, I think that it's a little too much hype on this young man. I like what I saw in there, but the competition he's fought at times has been much lower than Powell's. How do you feel this one goes down? I like all that. I like Powell's decision as well. I Just three UFC fights and... All of, like, two decision with the first two of them, that means he has okay cardio. That's, like, a big deal for me going in. I also, yeah, I think this is really weird. I think this is weird that it's such a favorite. It's because this young man's been getting submission finishes and knockouts on the regional scenes. He is fighting guys that are, that do have substantive records, um... At three and five <laughs> are some of his opponents. He does have a couple other ones in there that are five and oh, but still. I think the odds are off there. Yeah, the odds are off. The and o- I, I got an underdog there. I like there. a decision. Uh, I for like Powell. Powell. At 7,700 for Powell. I was trying against... to pull something and I'm like, you know what? These other fights we can yeah. talk definitely. Uh, the debuter, El Mudo. 8,500 on DraftKings against 7,700 for Powell. Do I already see my uh, underdog of the night slash wager gauge of the night? The only thing I don't like is that this young man has power, and Powell sometimes leaves his face to be hit. Sometimes doesn't get his head out of the way there enough, but I believe that Powell's jujitsu ground attack, 
IQ is going to take over. Not gonna. How heavy do you think you're going to put Powell on there at seven thousand seven hundred on your DraftKings card? If there's no other cheaper fighters, I might just have to put them everywhere. <laughs> I guess yeah, that one we'll see as we go yeah, along. Yeah, it's all card, what I can much. afford, and but, I never put anything everywhere. But right now, it's looking like sixty percent, fifty percent. I like that. I like that. So we. I'll have. I know. I can say that I'll have El Mudo nowhere. I'll have um. Uh, I don't even have anything clever to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to stay in this middling weight division with Austin Arnett versus Herberto Mandanay. Both of these fighters have fought in the UFC multiple times now. 27-year-old Arnett has three losses in a row, being 15-5 and five in the UFC. Wait, I think well, you skipped one. Am I doing that again? Gosh, darn Hector Aldana. Sorry, okay. 170 pounds. Hector Aldana versus debuting Loreno Stripoli? Sam Tripoli. (laughs) (laughs) It's Sam Tripoli's cousin? Loreano Staropoli. Staropoli is 7-1. The Argentinian local La Plata native is 25 years old, winning most of his fights via finish brutally. One loss coming in there. Many years ago, against Hector Aldana, who's four and one, fighting off of the t- the Latin America one show, getting losses in there, and then losing his two fights in the UFC, one to Enrique Martin on the show, and then his debut in the UFC officially, he lost to Kigos Kang Song four months ago. Aldana was definitely not a top prospect in that season; was barely in the show. Nobody thought he was gonna turn into much and he hasn't really unfortunately for the 30 year old he's a low output fighter is a little undersized for the 170 pounders cardio isn't that good and chin is middling i mean he was just finishing his last fight against song who is a heavy hitter but either way aldana keeps his head very stationary in there his grappling as well not up to par I just don't like Aldana here more than anything. The 7-1 fighter, Stripoli, I think is going to have much tougher fights later on. He's kind of getting a, a premier fight. I think that they're trying to hype up the local natives, and they're throwing them to the wolves. Stripoli has fought some some level competition. It's also out of the local scene, but they're... He's the first competition for like most of his fights. Like they're 1-0. One one oh, yeah. He hits with a ton of power, moves forward, is really aggressive from what I saw on the ground. Haven't seen much from him, but neither have I from Aldana either. The takedowns I saw shot on Stripoli were really bad takedowns, and he was able to stop those. So I'm going to be really hesitant on this fight. I'm not going to play it heavy, but I'm going to go with decided favorite just because I don't like Aldana. I've been trying to fade him for a while, and it's worked out as of late. I'm going to go Stripoli decision, if not finish in the first round. This guy gets a lot of first-round finishes, so I guess I can't play decision at all because it's pretty much that first or second round or he's done. If he gets in a third, he could just give up one of those baby slice decisions. Or submissions, I mean. I got Stripoli. TKO round number two. I'm not. I don't feel that confident. I'll probably put I him on a couple. I have Aldana decision. I think he's going to hang on to him and wear him out. I think Stripoli has zero cardio. I'm just guessing yeah. all of this. All the people that he's fought are like 1-0 records. The guy who knocked out Hector Aldana last has more fights than every single person, win and loss record, that 
star pole star Ropoli has ever gone against in the last so four years i think aldana's gonna pull out a decision and it's gonna be a garbage fight this is gonna be one that you can make your hot dogs get your food ready get you get ready for another fight um don't see tons of action so you i see decision as well aldana or a finish stripoli but i don't see stripoli getting a decision in there no. gonna be tentative eight thousand two hundred for the debuter against aldana's eight thousand even are you gonna play Aldana on your DraftKings for eight thousand? Mm. I would probably stay away from this fight, honestly. I would agree I don't with trust that. Either guy. I would agree with that. I do not see that being a fun fight. That that's not gonna be winning you any type of tournaments by it, the winner of that. I guess unless, unless you a get that first round finish, but from, yeah, I just oh, I gotta think he has a little more experience than that. I just gotta think he has more experience than a guy that's fought one time. I would tend to agree with that. Definitely hesitant there. I'll probably put Stripoli on a couple just because if he he has the more likelihood to finish out of the two fighters for me. Staying in the middling division, 145 pounds, we have Austin Arnett versus Herberto Bandanay. Both of these fighters have fought in the UFC 15-5. and five. Arnett is coming off of a three-fight losing streak in the UFC, losing his contender series fight, then getting still a... Sean in the UFC losing to Sam Hagen short notice and then as of late losing to Hakeem Dadue via decision three months ago. Herberto Bandene is also out of Peru. The 24-year-old has Latin America ties, uh, team UFC tough Latin America ties. He was a underdog on the show, king of the cage, veteran, definitely good submissions, tons of power on the feet. Cardio is a, is where he can be exploited a little bit more. Um, but brutal striking for Bandene. Thing I really don't like is he's just coming off of a, his first TKO loss, being 15-4 and four against Gabriel Benitez via slam. Uh, Bandene hits heavy, throws good leg kicks, throws a heavy overhand right over the top, and hurts a lot of his opponents in the first round. Does gas a little bit going into that second and third. And Arnett can grind it out a little bit in there. All the way around, the only place I might see Arnett potentially having a spot is if he catches a submission off of his back. But I even think Bandanay has good enough submission defense. Um, that if Arnett isn't on top, just kind of decisioning this fight out, I see Bandanay winning everywhere here. Actually, I'm going to go with Bandanay. TKO round number one. Wow. Uh, yeah. I still, even though I have that, this is a lot like our earlier fight. Both of these guys haven't looked as good as you'd hoped, um, but I do feel like the more potential in either one of these fighters by far is Bandanay. I'm, I'm not going to go super heavy, even though I have a TKO round number one, same as that Stripoli pick earlier. These are This isn't, again, the highest caliber fight, so hard to call, but I'm going with the minus 260 favorite. Who do you have in this fight? <sighs> King of the Cage isn't a shit organization by any means. Like, they have some decent competition. A lot of guys we watch. Like Connor, wasn't he a King of the Cage guy? Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors. Oh, okay. Who's King of the Cage? Uh, there's been multiple other guys out of there. They're definitely not an unknown organization um, by any yeah, means. Yeah, I've heard of them before. I thought they were a different one. Anyway, um, 
dee, 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 dee. The guys that Arnett's lost to are just so much higher caliber. Like, they've snuck up to be some of these really good guys that, yep. like, uh, Brandon Davis and Duwadu. Not that, like, whoa, we're so high on him. Or Duwadu, but they're, like, guys that um, they'll snipe a fight. They'll ruin your card. They'll ruin your night. Arnett totally. doesn't have any gifts. The only thing he could do is make the fight boring AF. In which case, I do think Bandanay will eventually be able to catch just overpower. But like you're saying, Bandanay doesn't have a lot of cardio, so if it happens, it has to happen in, like, the first round and a half. I have Bandanay KO round two, ground and pound finish. Um, I just think he's stronger. But I think this could be a really boring fight, in which case I still think Bandanay can win the first two rounds. And eke out the decision. It, I, it's I, just if he's too expensive, it might be like, oh, it could sh- be a good call. Rates. I would agree with that. Good, good call. Um, for not eight thousand nine hundred, Bandonet is going to be the decided DraftKings favorite against seven thousand three hundred for Arnett. He has to get that finish all the way around in order to be worth it. Yeah, it has to come. Maybe it will. I mean, he's kind of a local guy. He has that look, and that's why I don't want to jump on a hype train with him. Agreed, agreed, agreed. He just came out there and got starched by a fighter who's middling at best. Yeah, so is Arnett. But the nervous thing with Arnett is he's had enough fights now, the last two fights in the last year, to make real money and train full-time. And that's where we see these guys come out so differently. He's from that freaking part of the country where grind central cardio ruiners like that's what yeah, i just see i, him. I almost see him net. just yeah. hugging uh bandanay kind of close ruining his cardio and squeezing out of ugly decision a gross ass decision yeah. i totally agree with that um every fight oh. so far i'm just like nervous well, about it's, that it's one. we were saying before and you know how we like to hype up cards here and be like yeah this is gonna yeah. be an awesome this one it might be a slow start hey we like to say this one's a fun one betting wise if you like to be on a roller coaster for betting this isn't tons of solid favorites or there's a lot of underdog spots just because the or it might be a one that you main card heavy yeah only the ones you really know just because there's so so much potential in these earlier fights to go and if you're not following us on twitter at lesbo and the bean the other thing we're going to do at the end of the year is we'll release our final percentages of like how many we got correct on the main cards and how many we got correct on the whole cards. And because I think we should separate it. A lot of other sites yeah, are separating theirs. And I'm like, we're the only assholes that pick all of them. Most of them only do like the main. Right. Sometimes, sometimes they'll eke into the main event of the prelim. But anyway. So on to the 120 pound flyweight division. I'm not skipping one. All right, we're getting off of our net. We move on to the 125ers with... Ale- oh, my gosh. So it's official. TJ and Cejudo at 125. Oh, I thought we already talked about that last did time. Did we? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, we <laughs> Pantoja at 125, but is that what reminded you? Yeah. Because they're going to have this weird fight, even though they're saying they're disassembling the 125-pound division. And they're having a prefer- premier fight here. And Pantoja versus Ulka Sasaki... I mean, this is top-level fighting right here. This is why you keep the 125-pound division, because both of these guys, I see prospect all over, fun fighters. I could see... I think, though, even if it absorbs into the 135... They still do great, right? It'll still be fun. I was just kind of thinking, Sasaki, I've always wanted to move up. He's a skeleton of a person in there. But 
And Pantoja walks around pretty thick. What would he be oh, like yeah. with all that extra cut water? He's definitely a standout coming off of the tough series in Latin America. The 19-3 Pantoja is had a spotted record in the UFC, beating Brandon Moreno in a decision as of late, losing to Ortiz, beating Eric Shelton in there as well, beating a couple other top-level guys. I mean, Pantoja, sneaky dark horse in the division, good all the way around, tons of power, on the ground, sneaky black belt. Um, a lot of people have been hyping up Pantoja for a long, long time. That setback against Ortiz, a lot of people didn't see coming other than here at Lab B. No, we like to play Dustin Ortiz a lot in there. But um, in this fight, I think it's Pantoja gets to pick where he wants to keep this fight. Sasaki tends to get his wins on the ground, even if, and it usually is after he's losing a fight. He's 21-5 and five coming out of that Japanese scene. He's coming off of a win to Lauza four months ago via submission. Prior to that, he had lost to Formiga, beat Scoggins in a fight that he was getting brutally beat down, and then has a loss as well to Wilson Hayes in there. These are comparable um, records to each other. The 28-year-old Pantoja against the 29-year-old Sasaki. I think the specialist here is Sasaki on the ground, the better all-the-way all-around fighter with power and master of no trades but good all the way around uh, even on the ground i got pantoja i think pantoja gets a decision here it's not a potential finish sasaki has that puncher's chance he has that submissioner's chance he always even in the third round if he's losing a fight can jump on a guillotine throw up a triangle be in that five foot ten inches at 125 pounds pantoja and most other people have just never fought guys that tall at that, that tall weight. at that weight so on the ground puts the Throws up unique stuff, but I think if Pantoja can keep it striking and striking-wise, I see Pantoja maybe even knocking out Ulka in there. I'm going to try to go Pantoja wherever I can, but for 9300 on DraftKings, it's going to be hard. I think this goes to decision. So who do you have in this Are fight? we seeing a resurgence of Novo Niel? No, I think we've seen a steady think decline. No, I think it's yeah. been a steady it's been a steady decline. This young man is so he hits so hard though and has such good credentials. I beforehand. actually think this fight could be a banger for a little while. Yeah, I Sasaki see likes to stand and throw sometimes and just stand and True. Yeah, I think it'll be bloody banger. I think it could be exciting. The only reason I'm saying this, Sasaki likes to win one, lose one, win one, lose one. <laughs> so I think it's submission loss, easy round two, Pantoja. I don't know how heavy I'm going to go. I think really the more I'm looking at it, really might stay main card heavy. 9,300 on DraftKings for Pantoja steep against Uka 6,900. Sasaki will ruin your night. This is one of those ones that's set up to ruin your night. Pantoja, minus 345 against the plus 260 underdog. DraftKings-wise, is there any value there on Tazaki? Maybe if he doesn't get knocked out. If he doesn't but we get both finished think he's going to get finished. Yeah. We don't know how it's coming, but we see it coming. <laughs> true, true. I'm going to mix in a couple of these higher-ranked fighters, Pantoja, and a couple of these other guys. It's going to be a mix-up in there. Um, it's going to be a funny night of fight cards, for sure. For sure, for oh, yeah, sure. I like all your strategy. Over the place. It's going to be called a night of grandpa's eyebrows. <laughs> all over the place. So, we're going to get to the 170 pounders, where we have 
somebody who's been all over the place for the while, for a while, Michel Prisaris against Bratz Fabinski or Bartos Fabinski. Prisaris twenty five and two. The butcher against the butcher Fabinski fourteen and two. The Polish fighter tends to have a fond eye over here from Lesbo. Coming off of a win over Hector Urbina two years ago and then three months ago, beating Weber Meek in a decision. Fabinski likes to use his takedowns to win fights. He likes to grind in there. He's been doing it really, really well in there. Has looked humongous. Absolutely unreal. Lesbo was all over him as a big underdog in his last fight. And... I was really surprised at the amount of control, grappling control that Fabinski has. Striking-wise, he hasn't really showed us much because he doesn't like to strike. His strikes are set up directly for that takedown. He has good penetration on his shots and walks right through his takedowns until he gets on a top position. On top, he works non-non-stop, really wears guys out. Michelle Prezeris, 170-pounder who has missed weight habitually at 155 pounds and even at 170. Missing weight by, I believe, two or three pounds the last three, four fights in a row. He's Adam always 70. enormous, juiced. He only fights in Brazil. That's how and I'm starting to think South they're juiced down there. They're yep. all juicing, even Argentine. I'd agree with that. But it, that's what we see from Prezeris. He's going to have unreal cardio on the ground. He's a little troll. He is short and stocky. Do you remember how little Des Green looked in there? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's just... Unreal. He also, who'd he just tear apart in there? Zach Cummings. Cummings. That was Lieutenant, a split decision. And Zach Cummings, though, cuts down from 185 pounds. Prezeris still weighed in six pounds overweight and looked huge to Cummings. He knows he's going to give up 20% going in. If there's a 100%. bet that you're going to know he's going to miss weight, take that wager. Right, because what is it on the year that fighters that miss weight and win still? Last weekend it happened is didn't happen with Pennington. She'd lost. One of the few. But yeah. I believe it's like 70% of the fighters come in and overweight. Something we have to look out for on the cards. Again, if you're not following and subscribing on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, we will put on the Twitter and Insta, the IG, kind of our last bets. Because the weigh-ins are going to matter here. Prezeris is probably going to be overweight. How much do you think he's going to be overweight? 5, 10, 15 pounds? And that's not even exaggerating. He really is that type of a fighter that has done that before. He already knows he's going to lose. He And he wants to heal whatever the legal amount he's still allowed to fight is. Right. Right, right, right. So, Matt, stylistically, this is a grinder versus a grinder fight to me. Prisera's striking-wise, I think, might have a little bit crisper striking boxing. On the ground, they have, both have good cardio. Prisera's is a... Tank has good sweeps off of his back. We haven't seen as much from Fabinski. We've seen a lot of uh, top and back control. And I think that Prezeris can really, um, like to a lot of people, just make them seem like they're out of place. And I got Prezeris in a decision here. I think there's a grind city fest at all. There's going to be something to watch on the ground um, that we'll be looking at later on in years. But nothing flashy is going to really, really happen. If it's strangulation, it's going to be slow and methodical. Did we think his last fights were sketchy at all? That maybe he lost them, but the judges gave it to him anyway? I didn't think so. I think Brazeris uses a good takedown. Surprisingly, he doesn't have his best takedown defenses. Uh, he has takedowns and usually ends up on top. A few times he's been put on his back, Brazeris isn't done well. Can I don't know if Fabinski can do that, though. 
I think I'm going to go with the Polish fighter again. I just like his reach advantage here, so I think he's going to be able to get inside enough for the grinding takedown. Prezeras has garbage cardio, and I think he's just slowly going to wear that out. Like, we didn't get to see Des Green really take advantage of that because of this huge size difference. Zach Cummings and him, it was an obvious, you know, a split decision, and I think I think Fabinski might be able to wear him out slowly. Fabinski looked so much better than beating Herbina. He had a pretty much a two-year layoff. And against Meek, I remember picking against him. You also had Fabinski in that. Um, I changed to Meek at the last minute on oh, my tab allergy. I remember that you had talked him up, yeah, and rightfully I, so. Everything I remember seeing from Fabinski is good, but this is Preseris to me is that one guy that makes everybody look bad in there. He's done it over and over again, and you get you, you fool me once, can't fool me twice, can't fool me again. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with Preseris decision. You got Fabinski, the underdog, at seven thousand six hundred against the eight thousand six hundred favorite for Preseris, minus two fifteen favorite as well for Preseris. But I also see Prezeras winning, maybe winning the first two and then Fabinski taking over and not having enough time to get the decision. Like a lot of other fights, how much this is, is close. How much did you just say Prezeras was? Oh, for, on DraftKings? Yeah. It is 8600 I don't know if there's real value there. I agree with Prezeris. that. I agree with that. I do think this is a stay-away fight unless I could see Fabinski being a wage-gager here because I could see this staying as a decision fight. For 7-6, there's value there for me. I like that, too. I like that, too. And I could change with to Prezeras, too, especially if he comes in fat boy. Yeah. He's overweight, change into him. Good call, good call. That's the thing. If Prezeras is overweight, pick him. <laughs> so that headlined our preliminary fight pass cards. Now we're going to move on to the main card. It's going to be a six-bout six main event. Out of Argentina. Your girl's home. Your girl's home. Coming off that weed suspension. I think it's a conspiracy. Me too. Trying to keep a brown woman down. I think that Cavilla wasn't as good as the, the fan base behind her. And I think it was a favor of the UFC because she fought enough fights to make a little money. She's out of alpha male. She, yep, she's still out of alpha male. Mm-hmm. Um, to let her sit back a little bit, get build a little skill set instead of keep taking fights, it, it's almost a favor in a, in a way. <laughs> to give her a little more time to just keep working. A little more time working. to grow instead of taking a bunch of L's. I mean, Carla Sparza's decision in her first loss ever isn't absolutely horrible she gets mixed reviews in there she ended up getting ground out it's whether you can see paulina bontello come in here at 150 15 pounds and be able to take over cynthia calvillo the seven in one fighter is the more local brazilian fighter i think if out of the two the novo Nyan fighter is gonna have the crowd behind her back other than the american i would say yeah Calvillo, 31 years old, is 6-1 in her career. Again, first loss against Carla Esparza. I don't think is that bad in a decision fight. There was tons of hype. Was did, was she at Dana White's side at one point in time? And, time and Dana was like, this is uh, this is the future. Yeah, this yeah. is it. He's done it a few times. The Dana curse, almost. It's uh, He did it to Nagano. Who else has he gotten? 
This, yeah, don't get my back, Dana. Yeah, don't, don't sit by back. me. Don't sit by me. Get off stage, Dana. Let me talk to the press on my own. Um, but Calvillo, again, that weed restriction coming out of Alpha Male, Nobu Niao, they've had a common relationship for years now where it was Aldo versus Uriah Faber in WEC days. This team knows how to prepare for each other. And as of late, I've seen more Alpha Male people get the better of Nobu Niao and... The juice might be loose more places than we tend to think. But Alpha Mayo put those thoughts in our minds themselves with that TJ Cody tidbits that have been dropping around. Bontello coming out of Onyao, they like to juice a little bit too, I'd like to say. Uh, Aldo. <laughs> Burrell, to Is Aldo out of Nova now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's still there. He's still there. Um, Bontello, though, out of Nova for the ladies, all those ladies left Nova Gadelia left. She was the big one there. There was a bunch of other ones, and like Novinia's had a falling out. They haven't been able to keep ladies around that much, but they're known to be a camp that Novu sausage fest. Yeah, and they <laughs> like to strike heavily. They like to really put you in the Take meat grinder. Right yeah, that's damage. Right. So a lot of fighters have gotten out of there. Bentello though, um, in this fight, likes to keep it striking on the ground is okay, but I don't think she's ever dealt with a wrestler like. Cavilio before she has a win over TKO over Kondo, but Kondo five months ago uh, is tends to be just a uh, striker out of South Korea. She beat Pearl, Pearl Gonzaga's in a decision, but I think Pearl is still a developing fighter more so than Cavilio is. Cavilio on the ground, uh, I don't think can submit Bontello, but I think striking wise, Cavilio has a disadvantage. It's all in the takedown and the transitions, and I see the better all-around MMA fighter being Cavilio. I got a decision here. I'm going to stay clear from this. I think this turns into a weird submission transition stuff. I think Botello has a shot potentially, but uh, I'm going to go with the slight underdog, plus 110. Give me Cynthia Cavilio for a decision. Who do you have in this fight? Ugh. I'm hoping this is Cynthia Cavillia's comeback and they're kind of doing her a little bit of a favor here. If she can get inside, I think she can submit her, but she is going to take damage in the first to do it. I think uh, Botello can go to Cavillia's body and maybe stop this fight early. I'm a little hesitant too, but I think I will. Didn't sound like it, but that was kind of, I will put (laughs) Cynthia Cavillia on like a third of my cards. I think she can... Use her UFC experience. She's been in there with some girls that are looking better and better and better every day. Um, I hope that uh, Alpha Male has protected their future investment and um, watched good tape, trained her well, and she figures out how to submit Botello. Botello, 8,300 on DraftKings against the 7,900 for Cavillo. Looks like we both got an underdog. Minus 114 favorite Botello as well on the betting lines. I'm going to be sprinkling some shots on their decision. I like that submission play potentially for Cavillo as well. Uh, I could see some prop bets being made there over 2.5. I don't usually play over or unders, but I feel like in the women's division, over bets tend the to be UFC pretty solid. The UFC is not feeding Cavillo to the Wolves. I think they like her too much. In my opinion. But she did show her ass the last time she walked off the stage. But is Barza not feeding to the Wolves former champ? I mean, that's a pretty high step up in competition. 
Yeah, but she was on a little win streak, and at the time, the division was kind of small, unless you were fighting, like, JJ, Rose. Like, there was that top echelon, and it wasn't Carla. Carla was on a losing streak at the time, and Cavillo was on a win streak. And Carla won the decision, and remember how pissed Cavillo walked out? Like, fuck that! Fuck that! And then... Pop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we were wondering, like, mm, are you getting in trouble? A little slap on the wrist? A little something-something there for you. So, on to the bantamweights, 135ers, we have one of our all-time favorites here. We have Marlon Chito Vera, underdog for days, usually comes through for us here at Lappy, constantly making money for us. Unfortunately, against Guido Canetti, we got a decided favorite, and a lot of people see what we're going to see here. Chito Vera always got that heart in there. Always in a grind of a fight. Has knockout ability into the third round by finishing Pickett and other fights that he's been down on the cards. Come back. He just has that fighting spirit that we tend to love here at Lat B. Guido Canetti, 8-3. The 38-year-old is coming off of one of his biggest wins being the fighting against the Diego Rivas and Diego Rivas' Chilean, Chilean hometown. The only fighter that was out of Chile lost a decision in the judges, and that's because Guido Canetti used his takedowns to control that fight and win a very one-sided, boring decision. Really liked the game plan that Canetti put together. Coming out of our time at MMA, Buenos Aires' own Canetti tended to be a Muay Thai striker, was also part of that team, Latin, tough Latin America, that's getting a big profile here, uh, but he lost on the show, ended up Coming in for Chito Vera on the show, when Chito got hurt off of one of his wins, Canetti lost, I believe, two of those fights in a row, then has now had a semi-resurgence against, again, a low-caliber Diego Rivas, who came off of cancer, beating cancer, was his biggest win, so... Chito Vera. <laughs> That's anyone's biggest win. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. <laughs> Chito Vera, again, we know what he's fighting for. <laughs> His daughter, with all of the facial paralysis and everything, the 25-year-old likes to push it on the ground. He's got nasty submissions coming out of that Winkle John, or Jackson Wink camp. Vera striking TKO. I think he can beat Gennetti striking in the Muay Thai on the ground for sure. I know he can beat him. Gennetti, though, has stifling top control and will hold you like he did to... Um, who was the other guy he just fought? Rivas. He just stayed on top. And he potentially could try to do that to Vera. I like Vera's stand-ups. He fights the hands well, gets his hips out, and throws nice knees for guys who have bad takedowns. Kennedy is persistent on the takedown, but his level changes are slow and sloppy. And I think Vera, I had him decision earlier on in the week, but the more and more I'm talking about this, I love Chito Vera's clinch, and he loves it as well. And against a uh, fighter in Kennedy who can sit there and get exploited, I got Vera with the knee coming up the middle. TKO round number two or three, going with number two. Chito Vera, give me the favorite, minus 300. Who do you have in this fight? I got to take Cheeto everywhere, too. I tend to stay with him. I even picked him against Lineker. Lineker just doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Like, he just stands with a cement face. But Cheeto is game. He's always willing to stand and bang. And one fun thing is I think that um, 
Canetti will play along. I think he'll stand and bang back. I think this fight is going to be exciting while it lasts. And Cheeto just has more tools everywhere, in my opinion. I think he can figure it out. I did have round three, but I think he can figure it out in round two. Um, maybe even round one. I think he, if it goes to the ground, he can submit Canetti. I think you can put Cheeto on your cards. How heavy favorite it is he? 9,200 on DraftKings against 7,000. It's a lot for Cheeto. Not used to paying that much for Cheeto. It is a lot. Luckily, Calvillo is lower down there for Binsky, even though I don't have him in that. Looks like he could be a potentially good play as well there. Um, so I think there I'm going to be able to afford a couple of these guys. The more underdogs I see coming, I think Pal even's got a couple shots in there to be able to open up those high over 9,000 price tags. Finally getting into some of these heavier guys, we move on to the 185-pound division where Cesar Ferreira comes in versus Ian Heinich. Heinich being 11-1, the 30-year-old fighter, won his debut off of the Contender Series. Well, not his debut, this is his debut. Won his fight in the Contender Series against Justin Smullen, TKO, elbows from the guard. Good takedowns, good ground and pound, but again, we've seen over and over again, contender level fighters aren't necessarily UFC caliber. He has a couple other finishes out of the LFA scene. LFA has produced top level fighters. Marcus Perez out of there, another UFC alum, was able to triangle choke a year, two months ago, Heinich, and submission and ground specialties is where Heinich seems to be the most susceptible striking-wise. He's very, very serviceable. Um, doesn't re- not even very serviceable. He's a general all-around striker, but uh, not tons and tons of power. His elbows on the ground and pound look really, really good. But if there's somewhere to exploit you and it's on the ground, Cesar Ferreira being a world champion jiu-jitsu fighter, being 13 and 6, is a bit chinny. His biggest issue is that chin, but he's one of those um, Shurkinov-type fighters where on the ground, if Ferreira gets you on the ground once, this fight's over. But if he gets clipped at any point in time in there by a water bottle being thrown in by the fans, he's out of there. (laughs) It's just scary for me to put money on Ferreira, even though I see a very one-sided path for him to win, and that's getting this fight to the ground and immediately submitting him. Able to do that, and sneakily, Ferreira is one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler, at 185 pounds. He has, I believe, 21-22 out of 25 attempted takedowns landed. He's almost like 80-90% on his takedowns, and again, he's gotten away from his strikes because he knocked out two opponents, thought he was a striker, got in there versus a striker, and got knocked out like two, three fights in a row. He's getting back to that submission game plan. I got Ferreira here, the slight favorite. In a submission round number two. I don't think he messes around anymore. I think he has a direct plan for the belt. And he's going to use a submission route in his back pocket to get there. Who do you have in this fight? I also have Cesar Ferreira submission round two. I could move it up to just a submission round one. I just don't want to completely disrespect a kid that could be hungry, could be training. I like Colorado scene right now. I just, I don't want to be naive to think you can just stroll in here with UFC caliber guy and take it there. And so this isn't anything against the Hurricane. I can't wait to watch him fight. I hope he sticks around after this. But I, and I hope after a few 
UFC fights he can afford to train full time if he's not already. But I have what is it the what did you say Mutant Mutanch Caesar Mutanch Ferreira. What's that mean? Muta I couldn't tell you Mutanch, but it's Portuguese maybe for bold or like strong. I could be wrong there though. Um. Yep. Submission. Round number two. Did we even up? Did we have TKO round number two for Vera as well? You know how we like to put. I'll yes. put bet. I'll be putting some bets on both of those. I'm just telling you right now. But I could that be moving up Ferreira to round one. I I, I like round number two ever. as well. I like what you're saying. I think he cooks him a little bit there, and then uh, Heinrich just pretty much tries to take fight that takedown the whole time. Eight thousand four hundred for the slight favorite in Ferreira against the seven thousand eight hundred. How much do you see yourself playing Ferreira there? Mm, Fifty. Uh, you know, I'm just, the more I look at this, even this main card, I'm probably not going to be real heavy. I'm so glad I, my it's working out for me to play the cards I'm really comfortable with and sticking with what I know. This card's a little... I think that's a good game plan as well. We've been doing well the last couple of weeks. Now it's time to store those nuts a little bit, wait for an even better betting option, play that heavy. Have fun with this card, put some crazy cards together, but... Don't put your rent on this one. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to also start doing for the audience is I don't want to just say a card to say a card. When I feel great about one, I want to say it. And I feel like last week I felt really good about my card going into it and it paid off. So um, this I'm in. So we warned you. We warned you. You can't say later. That's it. That's all I want to put on that. You fool me once. You can't fool me again. Can't fool me twice. <laughs> so talking about being that fooled. That was my Kathy Bates impression. <laughs> that was a good one. Talking about people that have fooled us before. At 205, we have Khalil Roundtree versus debuting Johnny Walker. You know that someone's going to be drunk in there. Roundtree, 7-2, and two, has been all sorts of hyped up. Lost pivotal fights. We know the way to beat Khalil Roundtree. And that is get him to the ground, submit him. And Johnny Walker, 14-3, and three, I just don't see has the capabilities of doing that. He has fought some fighters that are 17-8. and eight. He won his fight in the Contender Series Brazil, knocking out Henrique Frankenstein da Silva three months ago, who is not UFC caliber fighter. Roundtree also has a bout against Henrique. And guess who he knocked out in the first round? Henrique da Silva. So I don't take anything away from that. I don't necessarily know if Walker is UFC caliber yet. I don't like his takedowns. He is 6'5", which is apparently his biggest credential that he has an 81-inch reach in there. But to me, he has a bit of that James Vick, other tall guys that we see in there. His chin goes straight up in the air when he throws a punch because he has to punch down at people more so. Roundtree hasn't seen a fighter this tall, but... It's easier to punch up than the punch down, I would say. So that overhand right just lands with more power when you're slinging it the way Roundtree slings it. And Johnny Walker, I'm sure you've seen a couple highlights going around. I think Mac Malley's thrown a couple in there where his head bounces around in there like a pinball. He was knocked down maybe four times in a round early on in his career and his first couple fights, but that was against low-level competition. Roundtree can do that. Where Roundtree's going to fool you is he's going to get another knockout here, just like we predicted before. People are going to put tons of hype on him, but against a good grappler, Roundtree cannot hold his own. So here for this fight specifically, I see the huge favorite at minus 260 for a reason. I'm going to have Roundtree everywhere. He's going to be expensive everywhere, but 
I don't think Walker's that level of competition. And uh, I think this is a highlight finish. Roundtree, TKO. KO, I mean, not a TKO. This is... Cold night-night. Yeah, cold dead man on the canvas. Roundtree wins it. Who do you have in this fight? I also have Cleo Roundtree. I think he has better hands. And just he's looking more and more like a UFC fighter every time he comes in. His body's more and more chiseled. His cardio looks a little better. I hope this doesn't just stifle out and become a boring fight because of how big this guy is and just lays on him or something. But I do think it's just going to be standing and throwing, in which case Roundtree wins everywhere. I think Roundtree KO round one. Three in a row. Did you say round one? I said round one. Three in a row. I'm going to be putting another prop bet, TKO. But I think a lot of people see that one here. Great. Shockingly enough, on DraftKings, 8,800. For Roundtree, not even nine over 9,000 against 7-4. I feel like Roundtree's a linchpin on my cards this weekend. Like, I'm going to be putting him on 100% and then taking him off 10% so I don't absolutely ruin my night like I That's tend to do sometimes. Idea. But Roundtree is going to be somebody that I'm going to be playing everywhere because I'm going to be able at eight under 9,000. That's a steal. That's a steal. On to the co-main event of the night. We have a profile fight. This could be a fight of the year contender. Definitely one of the ones you're going to have to stay up for to watch in Ricardo Lamas versus Darren Elkins at 145 pounds. Both of these fighters fighting long time in the UFC had long careers, 24 and 6. The 34-year-old Elkins coming off of a loss off of a huge winning streak to Alexander Volkanovsky in a decision three months ago. And Volkanovsky just got signed in a banger of a fight that I can't think of. Volkanovski. He's also one of those Kiwi guys or New Zealanders coming out of there. Little tank of a man. But I don't want to take too much shine away from Darren Elkins' loss as of late. Volkanovski is just a beast in there in a decision. He took, Elkins just took traditionally like he usually does a ton of damage in that fight. Surprised that it didn't get finished a few times with some of those rights that landed. Ricardo Lamas 18 and 7 has been a top 10 fighter, if not top 5 fighter, for a long time now. He is coming off of a two fight winning, losing streak, I mean, but it's to Josh Emmett TKO punches and then to Mursad Bektik in a split decision four months ago, which Darren Elkins actually has a win over Bektik in one of the comebacks of the year a few years ago against Bektik. This fight stylistically is really really tough for Darren Elkins because Darren Elkins is that grinder he kills you kills you by a thousand cuts never gonna knock you out unless it's that cardio that eventually does it in the third round it's not those power shots which for Lamas seem to be what gets him into the most trouble it's a heavy-handed good striker with good wrestling that gets Lamas in trouble and unfortunately for Elkins the heavy hands aren't there so the wrestling is where this goes down to. And I see this turning into a scrap of a wrestling match. But I do see Lamas being a slightly better wrestler here. Having good takedown defense. And striking wise, I see Lamas not having more power. But being technically a bit more sound there. Um, the cardio wise, Lamas has enough cardio. Where Elkins tends to really turn it on in that third round. Lamas has proven time and time again. That he can stay in that third round and in the last 10 seconds throw 12 punches and be absolutely fine. So I don't think Elkins gets that classic third round finish, which is pretty much what he's been waiting on now 
as of late in his career. So I got Lamas in a decision. I still see this being a banger of a fight. I see, if anything, I see Lamas opening up a bit more because I don't think he's going to be that intimidated by Elkins' strikes. Again, I got a decision for the slight favorite or for the heavier favorite in Lamas, minus 240. Who do you have in this fight? I think Lamas's chin isn't what it used to be, and Elkins does have okay hands. I think Lamas is going to get hurt here. I think... Darren Elkins is just stable everywhere. He's just a stable fighter. And this, even though I want to say at his age, I keep waiting for him to retire and the damage. But maybe it's not as bad at this weight class. Maybe the strikes aren't as heavy. I think time, even though it looks like to the face that it's been nicer to Lamas, I don't agree to the chin. I think Lamas is more chinny here than Darren Elkins. And I, ooh. I don't really like Lamas going forward anymore. And I know he's been in fights with crazy, talented guys. I think Darren Elkins has better hands than Bechtick. And I think he keeps coming forward. He has so much heart. And he's going to wear down that cardio. I think Darren Elkins is going to eke out the decision, if not the finish here. Yeah, I don't think it's a standing banging days of Lamas's standing and banging with uh, people like he has have put some years on that chin. Totally, totally. Ricardo Lamas, 8,700 on DraftKings against Elkins, 7,500. I see a decision. You see a win for Elkins. You know how we like to play Elkins here. At 7,5, that's a wager gauge of money. That's wager gauge of play all day. Yeah, that's good for the price because he throws tons of hands too. Tons of volume. Tons, tons of volume. Thrones and takedowns is there. He's not there really well. going to get submitted. He's going to make it to the end of the fight. Exactly. For 7-5, that's going to allow me to get those other guys that have been pricing over that 9000 With Roundtree, this main event might not be as brutal as we were initially thinking. Um, still, save that money for other fight cards. There's a couple that I'm eyeing down the way that are really have potential. But we finally made it to the main event. At 170 pounds, we have Neil Magni versus Santiago, Lesbo's boyfriend, Ponzinibbio. From, <laughs> from Orlando, you can see Ponzinibbio highlighted all over the lap B screen, taking, uh, being gracious enough to give us a photo. That, and all I kept thinking was, gosh, he's not really as big as I That's thought. what I think as well. <laughs> I was thinking he was going to be humongous, but 170 pounds, I mean, I walk around at 170 pounds, but I would think he walked around at like 205 or, or something. Or even his height, I felt like. Was I taller than Ponzinibbio? You were not taller, <laughs> but there's no way in hell he was a six foot. I felt like he had boots on too. I agree with that. But it says here on topology, six foot. Ponzi- I don't no think way, so. right? No, no way. way. No way. At best five ten. But not even th- that's being gracious. You can go to our Instagram and look at Lesbo and, and, yeah, the and see. <laughs> so Ponzinibbio. Versus Neil Magny, 26-3 Ponzinibbio is coming in as a big favorite against the 21-6 Neil Magny. The 31-year-old Magny, I mean, both of these guys have top-level competition. This is really a premier fight. Craig White's last win for Magny five months ago. Before that... He might be six foot. Now look how much taller he is than me. Okay, he might be six foot. (laughs) Why am I thinking he Why was so... Why do we both weird? think he was so little? Unless I crouched down and he stood up. Maybe or he you... cra- maybe he crouched down a little more. Maybe I did and he like... Leaned back? And he's... I do think he was leaning back. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know why we thought foot, he was I so little. I still think six foot's pushing it. I would say 5'10". He's using that Hollywood height. <laughs> He's got that Hollywood height. So, Neil Magny uh, coming off a two-fight winning streak, beating Carlos Condon in a decision, then also Craig White. Before that, losing to Dos Anjos' submission, beating Johnny Hendricks as an underdog, and losing to Lorenz Larkins in a TKO, one of his most brutal TKOs. We've seen Neil Magny get back on track, though, using that cardio, take down the fence, and pace to really wear guys out in those third, fourth, and fifth rounds. As of late, Ponzinibbio has put together a 5-6 fight winning streak coming off of a brutal showings, knocking out Gunny Nelson, decisioning Mike Perry, but also having other marquee wins in there against Nordine Tlaib in a decision, Zach Cummings in a decision as well, um, and Court McGee. I'd say Neil Magny slightly has better competition to me. With Dos Anjos in there, even though he lost it, the Craig White one, not so bad. Carlos Condon, again. Maybe. Not as of late, yeah. but in his career, he's fought higher competition. Right, 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 right. And Perry is iffy as a competitor, but here, the bean was all over Ponzinibbio in that fight, saying Perry's got holes in. It's Perry's where he's at for personality. Totally. I just don't trust Cowboy's chin anymore, but I might like him. I'm nervous about 155. We don't have to go back to that. So, <laughs> Ponzinibbio, what he did against Perry in there is what I think uh, the type of game plan that he can put together. He's coming out of that ATT Florida scene. Those leg kicks that Lorenz Larkins landed on Magni, I think ATT sees as well. And Ponzinibbio can do that because he just did it against Perry. And that's what Magni does. He's a very straight-up fighter, uses those... Uh, Muay Thai clinch, if not pummels you to the cage, and Magni really works off the cage's best to get you to the ground, and then just when he's on top of you, Neil Magni doesn't throw, stop throwing punches, and wears you down, and just really wears on that cardio. It's got a good chin as well in there, but can Neil at Magni take an eye poke is my question. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he can't, you get knocked down so good. If you can't, Ponzinibbio tends to like to throw his fingers out there and being in Argentina. He fights with that John, that Winkle John palm. The local Argentinian fighter is going to have the judges in his corner. The cor- like, There's just more things that he, I think he can get away with a fence grab in there if he needs to. Have you seen Ponzinibbio in five rounds? I want to say the Perry fight was a five-rounder. Okay. I thought so, but I was... Okay. And we have seen him in there against Gunny in a five-rounder, but he finished Gunny via eye pokes and brutal finish in there. Magni, as an underdog, always tends to come out because of that pace, the takedown, the pushing you up against the fence and really just stifling fighters. We've seen Ponzinibbio really use that takedown defense, though, um, and clinch defense, and he circles away from the fence well. He tends to slow down more out of both of the fighters. I think Magni gives away the first two rounds, but can potentially take the last three. I do think that... You think he slows down more? But I think, think Ponzinibbio take... moves slows down more. Oh, okay, yeah, I do too. And I think Magni turns it on more. So if this fight tends to go to decision, I would see Magni tending to win this, especially it being five rounds. But the local part. The local part. I see one of those rounds being a dirty-ass split decision, uh-huh. and I think Pons gets it. I got Pons in a dirty split. He might not deserve it, but I'm playing 
I, I'm just saying the odds are wrong here at minus 325 for Ponzinibbio. I see if there's any type of value, it's all in Neil Magny. I got Pons winning this in a decision, but I see it being a dirty-ass split. So value-wise, over 2.5 rounds or over halfway rounds. If not, I could see Magny winning a dirty split as much as Ponzinibbio in this fight. I got Pons. I don't feel good about it. Who do you have in this fight? I got Ponzinibbio decision as well, and I think the odds are way off. How much are they on DraftKings? DraftKings is 9000 for Ponzinibbio against 7200 If you wanted to, for your cards, five rounds of Neil Magny for 7-2, that is way, that is like the wager gauger. The, which we have multiple. I don't see him getting finished. Multiple wager gaugers in here. I do, he needs to check those leg kicks. Yep. Exactly. It's it is a five round fight. But if that happens, okay, Neil Magny is a pro. Even in a He's three round around. fight, Neil Magny throws out the type of output that he can lose a three round fight and still score 60 points. Mm hmm. Yeah, in a three round In a three round so, fight. I agree with you. I, re I have Ponzinibbio decision. I If this were in Nevada, I could have Neil Magny decision. I would agree with that. Like, this is way a tight more. fight. This but is this is an Argentinian fight. fighter, main. And the first but Argentinian I also fight. like everything that's happening for Ponzinibbio in his career. I think he's one to watch. I do think this is happening in Argentina just for him. I think yeah. he is a big celebrity. Draw. He's a good-looking guy. Um, so he's, he has to go through Neil Magny to keep going. So Neil Magny is a gatekeeper. Historically, the, the fun stat I was hearing earlier, I think, uh, MMA by the numbers... Neil Magny tends to go into your home and beat you. He's like 10 and 3 going to Brazil twice, going to Germany, going to New Zealand. Neil Magny has traveled the world and usually wins. He usually loses his second fight in the country. So this is his first time in Argentina. I could switch to Neil Magny day of. I want I'm to see saying, what he looks split like. Split decision, minus 325, way off. We gave you a ton of lines. We gave you a ton of props. We gave you... A ton of options on DraftKings as far as I was concerned. I thought it was going to play out differently. If you insist on playing DraftKings this week, we gave you, I think, plenty of info on it. For sure. That's what we see. So hopefully you're liking and subscribing. Let's more the bean! Thanks for listening to Let Be. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.